Good evening. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Facebook live streaming at The Resurgent. Uh, As always, you can sign up for my daily email by texting WSB, the letters WSB to the number 444-999. I'll keep you up to date on radar here uh, as things are developing. We do have the severe thunderstorm warning in Coweta and Fulton County, so uh, stick with us here at WSB. You know, there is a bigger story today than the Donald Trump Jr. story. There really is. And it's not being looked at um, by many people. Uh, And it's a bombing in Oklahoma uh, at a military recruiter office. Um, And it happened overnight. No one really is paying attention to it. Um, It's not making major headlines, largely because no one was injured. It happened in the middle of the night. Uh, The the FBI is saying it could be domestic terror. It was a recruiting office in northeastern Oklahoma. It's the second time a recruiting center in the area has been attacked in recent days. Bomb squads responded to the explosion. It was in Bixby, a suburb of Tulsa, at around 10.30 p.m. last night. The ATF... The FBI are looking into it. No motives uh, thus far. It appears to have been a pipe bomb. Witnesses report someone on a motorcycle was in the area. Agents are pursuing that lead as they conduct interviews. A few days earlier, a National Guard recruiting center was vandalized. The vandalism included slashed tires. Two attacks at military recruitment centers in the last few days. And the media is so fixated with Donald Trump Jr. and his Russia story, uh, you would not know that a bombing occurred in Oklahoma at a military recruiter's office. Shows you where the media's priorities are. Now let's get into this Donald Trump Jr. story. You probably heard Rush Limbaugh earlier today. He spent about 30 minutes talking about what I wrote this morning. The, The New York Times story did not add up. We now have the emails. Donald Trump Jr. has released the emails. And, of course, the media is out there saying, smoking gun, smoking gun. How do they know? You have a PR promoter of an entertainer telling Donald Trump Jr. the Russians have something for him. If only he'll meet with a lawyer. The lawyer and Donald Trump Jr. say nothing came of any of it. The lawyer wanted to talk about adoption law, and Donald Trump Jr. says she wanted to talk about adoption law. The lawyer says they wanted Hillary Clinton information, but she didn't give it to him. Now, what do you make of all this? Let me break this down for you, because there's a real big point everyone's missing. So Donald Trump Jr. has released the emails from this Rob Goldstone, a promoter in Great Britain. Now, if you're a promoter of a celebrity and you're trying to get access to someone whose dad is running for president, you're probably going to make grand and glorious promises too. You would be amazed at the emails I get all the time from promoters who are trying to get access to me for other people. Uh, They make all sorts of sensational claims to try to get access to me. I mean, that could have happened in this case. But if you're on the right, if you're a Republican, 
Can you at least acknowledge this is sleazy behavior? Willing to work with Russians to defeat Hillary Clinton? You say it's sleazy. You can say it's unethical. It was bad. It, it may be the end of his dad's administration as a result of it. It doesn't matter whether it was illegal or illegal. It could bring down his dad by doing something as dumb as this. But speaking of it being illegal, if you're on the left, where's the crime? I mean, you've got lawyers today coming out saying that this could be a campaign finance violation. I used to do campaign finance law. And I recognize the liberal campaign finance lawyers who are coming out today saying it could be a campaign finance violation. I would note that many of them have terrible records before the Supreme Court on this issue. They're crusaders for a cause that no one else believes in. But they're saying this could be, an, this could be a failure to disclose an in-kind contribution. Campaigns around the world, particularly those in the United States, under the Bipartisan Campaign Finance Reform Act, they get information from tipsters all the time to bring down their opponent. They have never once disclosed it as an in-kind contribution. You know, when I was a lawyer one time, a woman left a porn video for me. Her ex-husband was running for office. And she left it under a park bench for me after the, this roundabout affair trying to go find the tape. I finally found it. She had hid it in a Kroger bag under a park bench in a rarely used park. It was her husband with another woman videotaping their deed in the Chamber of Commerce's office. I didn't file it as an in-kind contribution. This happens all the time. Is someone handing you opposition on your opponent is not an in-kind contribution. It's politics. It's absolutely politics. And I'm more and more convinced that there probably was a setup. I mean, this is just, it's too good to be true, is it not? I mean, typically, with all of these stories that have been too good to be true have turned out to be too good to be true. Yeah, Donald Trump Jr. released all of the emails. He clearly wasn't trying to hide anything. And now the press is scoffing him. You've got the New York Times reporter who broke the story livid with Donald Trump Jr. for releasing the emails. That Donald Trump Jr. has scuttled his story. How dare he scuttle my story? I was going to ruin him with the emails, and now he's released them. And everyone else saying, aha, it's a smoking gun. Okay, so it's a smoking gun. He met with the Russians. Or he didn't meet with the Russians. He met with a lawyer from Russia. Both of whom say she didn't give him any information on Hillary Clinton. Can I just ask a question that nobody is asking? Seriously. I'm staring at the Facebook Live camera right now. What information did the Trump campaign release about Hillary Clinton from the Russians? What information did they release? Because the information that was released about Hillary Clinton that was damaging, that came from WikiLeaks. It didn't come from the Trump campaign. Did the Trump campaign leak it to WikiLeaks? The odds are no. Why? Because we know that WikiLeaks works with the Russians. Did the Russians tip the Trump campaign off as to what the contents of the emails were? Yeah, maybe, but we didn't get it from the Trump campaign. So where was the collusion? Where was the crime? Where was the illegality? Where was the treason? The left is using the word treason. The word treason treason in our constitution has a very specific meaning. Meeting with a Russian lawyer about your political opponent does not, it's not covered by treason. It's not included. The hysteria over what he did 
is about as outrageous as what he did. Donald Trump Jr. did something that was sleazy. He did something that was unethical. He did something that was damaging to his father. He did something he should have known better than to do or if to do to do a better job of doing it. But where's the crime? There's no crime. There's no crime I can see. There's no campaign finance violation I can see. There's just a bunch of hysteria out there by the left right now that is in full-on meltdown mode over something they just really are still upset that Hillary Clinton got beat. Welcome back. I took my eight-year-old to see Spider-Man Homecoming last night. And I got to tell you guys, it was an excellent, excellent movie. I'm ready to go see it again. Probably the best superhero movie made in the last number of years since at least the Christopher Nolan series. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. Before we before we get into anything else, and, and there's a lot more to talk about, including the, the Republican health care plans and, and what's going on with Mike Pence, uh, where the emails come from? Can I just ask that? Because there's breaking news right now that Robert Mueller and his special investigation team intend to look at the Donald Trump Jr. emails. Did they not already have them? Because I assumed they were the source, but the way I'm reading this news now, someone else was leaking. There, We know who is in the room. Jared Kushner was in the room. Paul Manafort was in the room. Donald Trump Jr. was in the room. And the Russian lawyer was in the room. Where did the email come from? You know, one of the things the... Democrats have been saying for a while now is that the Russians have just wanted to sow a lot of discord into the American political process. They really didn't have a side that they were on so much as they just wanted to disrupt the American elect- electoral process and, and let us tear each other apart. What if it was the Russian lawyer who gave the emails? I mean, seriously. What if this is all playing into the Russians' hands just as much as the Trump team played into the Russians' hands? What if this is the Democrats playing into the Russians' hands? And I mean, they're engaged in whataboutism, and, and, and he started it. You know, let's not forget Ted Kennedy tried to get the Russians to, uh, in 1983, disrupt Ronald Reagan's uh, re-election plans. Now, I realize PolitiFact, the hacks at PolitiFact, they've said it's not true. Because Ted Kennedy told them it wasn't true, even though he also told him he did try to reach out to the Russians and never heard back. There was an internal KGV memo uncovered in the 1990s that had been written in 1983, contemporaneous to the events, uh, which begs the question of why would the KGB author a memo to the head of the Soviet Union saying Ted Kennedy wanted the Soviets to interfere in the elections and then keep it secret until the Soviet Union collapsed in the 1990s? What was the point of it if it wasn't true? Of course it was true. You can't believe PolitiFact. PolitiFact also said that it was true that uh, if you liked your doctor, you could keep your doctor. They're nothing but a bunch of Democrats who will protect the Democratic Party. The Democrats engage in the sleazy behavior, too. 
But I'm wondering if all of this, both sides, the, the Russians are playing both sides masterfully. It wouldn't surprise me. Listen, let me walk this, let me step back and walk through this with you. We know that the Russians wanted to disrupt Western election processes. We know the Russians wanted to sow discord in Western democracies to have them turn in on themselves so that they had to ignore Russian expansion and Russia stretching its legs in Ukraine, Syria, Eastern Europe, and elsewhere. We know that the Russians, they may not have liked Hillary Clinton, but they weren't per se trying to help Donald Trump get elected. Even the Obama administration denies that. The Obama administration said specifically the Russians were just trying to disrupt the American electoral process and to cause so doubt and fear and all sorts of other problems. When we come back, I want to walk through this with you a little more. The Russians sowing discord. And then we, we got to talk about Spider-Man, too. It was a really good movie. So he had several listeners call in and say, I said the same thing about Wonder Woman, that it was probably the best superhero movie since uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman series. I think Spider-Man was better than Wonder Woman. Uh, and the reason I say that is because in every superhero movie thus far, the superhero beats the snot out of the bad guy who typically winds up dead at the end of the movie after a brutal battle uh, and the superhero comes out on top and that's not the case in, in Spider-Man they capture the essence of the Spider-Man comic that uh, Peter Parker is the high school kid who he, he loses more than he wins um, the bad guy does not die uh, Peter Parker does not come out on top this is not a spoiler by the way um, he, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic movie, uh, where the good guy doesn't always win, um, but always has a noble heart and, and has a real goal. There were some very funny scenes in the movie. I, I took my eight year old to see Spider-Man with me last night after the show, we left right after the show and headed over and there were just, there were some fantastic scenes we laughed through and some adult humor he didn't get. It's language warning if you're taking smaller kids. There is some really bad language in parts of the movie uh, from some of the bad guys, but it is a good movie. Uh, we laughed the whole way through it. It was nice to see Marvel move to this sort of movie. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talks. <laughs> Some Twitter account, Pixelated Boat, <laughs> just tweeted out a photoshopped fake tweet from Donald Trump. And it says, thank you, Mr. President, for cutting through the media's BS. And then it shows a tweet of Donald Trump. Not actually a real tweet, but one it looks just like a real tweet. And it says, nice try, fake news media. But if I had a son named Donald Trump Jr., I think I would know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is only a matter of time before... The Trump campaign comes out and denies there is anyone named Donald Trump Jr. associated with the family or the campaign. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay. 
what about Mike Pence and all of this? Is anybody asking the question, but what about Mike Pence? I, it is not a coincidence. Nothing is a coincidence. It is not a coincidence that there have been a series of stories over the last several weeks about Mike Pence meeting with outsiders. There have been numerous um, reports of Mike Pence having private meetings with business leaders, Mike Pence having private meetings with prominent Republicans, Mike Pence shaking up his staff, turmoil between the Trump campaign staff and the Pence staff. And then curiously, Mike Pence, who's a very loyal guy to Donald Trump, released a statement today saying he's really not interested in paying attention to stories about things that happened to the Trump campaign before he joined the campaign. Now, the key words there, before he joined the Trump campaign, distancing himself from the story. But there's something else here as well. Pence is highly respected by the president. The president typically turns to Mike Pence last in the room and gets Pence's take on things. Even after Ivanka, even after Jared, even after Bannon, he turns to Mike Pence. Pence is usually the first person he talks to in the morning after the intelligence briefings to, to check in on the day and see what's going on. He genuinely respects and likes Mike Pence. He trusts his opinion. Um, and part of me wonders who is trying to sow discord. I mean, you know, there is, you can't deny it, that, that it looks like that three quarters of the White House staff wake up in the morning wondering how they can sabotage the career of, of the other White House staffers. And it looks to some degree like people are pushing out these stories to try to damage Pence. Think about that. They're out to get Pence. They're out to sow discord and distrust between Pence and the relationship with the president. But, you know, there is something else going on here as well, and that is that the as much as there's discord trying to be sown by people in the administration between Trump and Pence, the Pence team knows what's happening here. And they're out trying to reassure people that Pence is a steady hand. Uh, they need to do that. Because as the president becomes more distracted by this situation, he's going to have to rely on Pence more and more. And reassuring business leaders in the country, people whose thoughts affect the stock market, making sure they understand that Pence is a steady, competent hand and he can take care of the government if need be is something he's got to do. He can't just sit back and be dragged down with the ship. And he's not. You know, he has hired Nick Ayers from here in Atlanta to be his new chief of staff, his current chief of staff leaving in August, Nick coming in. Uh, Nick, a brilliant political strategist, uh, ran the Republican Governor Association, has a longtime relationship with Pence. A lot of people were floating his name to be governor in Georgia. He'd be a good governor. He'd be a great candidate for governor. But he has hitched his wagon to Mike Pence and is going to be Pence's chief of staff. Uh, Georgia may lose out, but the nation may win out uh, having him with Pence. And he knows how to move forward in these crisis situations. Pence needs someone like that. Uh, you know, I wrote a piece the other day and said in the piece, have you tried praying for the president? Because, you know, if you're a person of faith, particularly if you're a Christian, let's just deal with Christianity right now. The, the Bible says you're supposed to pray for your leaders. 
when I when Barack Obama was president, I asked on this program a number of times that people had prayed for the president. I put it on Twitter, wrote it at theresurgent.com at Red State. And I always got pushback from conservatives saying, well, no, we, we are not paying. We're praying for him. We're paying, praying for the country to be protected from him. We're, we're praying that he drops out. We're praying that he dies. We're praying that he resigns. We're praying that he's impeached. We're praying all these bad things about him. We're not praying for him. And now others are doing that with President Trump. But if you're a person of faith and a Christian, you don't really have a way out. You're supposed to pray for the man, for wisdom for him, for God's grace on him, for God's protection of him, uh, for direction for him, for guidance, that he glorifies God, that he's an instrument of his will. You're supposed to pray all these things for him. And I wonder how many people are praying for this president supposed to wish him ill, but you got to pray for the vice president as well. Something is coming, and I don't know what. I am not a prophet. But this situation is starting to wear out Republicans. It is starting to wear out some of Trump's core defenders. And the terrible part about it is that there are a lot of people out there who just can't accept the fact that what Donald Trump Jr. has now admitted to doing was bad. It was sleazy. It was unethical wasn't right doesn't mean it was illegal but just because something isn't illegal doesn't mean they should do it there is no crime there it can still take down president trump's administration for those of you who are trump supporters and you're upset with mike pence out there doing what he's doing i would urge you to tread carefully here because whether the president stays or goes, and I don't think the president goes anywhere. I think he's president for four years, and I think it infuriates the left, and, and they are driven to further madness because of it. But he's going to be distracted. Having a steady hand behind the president who can advise him, um, advise him objectively, dispassionately, and honestly, someone that he trusts, it's in your best interest. And having Trump people in the White House trying to sabotage the vice president right now, trying to plant stories in the media that the president pays attention to, suggesting the vice president is stretching his legs and might want the presidency himself, that's not helpful to the president, it's not helpful to the vice president. But a lot of that is going on. Uh, this White House, whether you want to admit it or not, has turned into a soap opera. And there is as much backbiting and backstabbing and feuding as there is in any good soap opera of the day. And unfortunately, they're doing a disservice to the president. They're doing a disservice to the vice president. They are objectively doing a disservice to all of us. That is something that we should be dearly concerned about right now in this country with all the backbiting and lack of professionalism and just plain craziness by the people in the White House who want to stand next to the president and don't want anyone else to stand next to the president. It is 26 after the hour. Oh, where do we go from here? Well, I don't want to spend any more time on the Donald Trump Jr. stuff. If you want to sign up for the daily email, I'm sure I'll have more in there. Text WSB to 444-999. I'll bring you the latest. It is an ongoing story. It is going to continue developing. There are going to be more changes. Uh, should let you know some local news before I pivot into the Senate health care uh, nonsense. And it is nonsense that... Phil Gangry is out there now starting to say that he wants to retain, repair, and revise 
Obamacare. We always knew he was squishy anyway, didn't we? And then, well, there's Casey Cagle, who looks like he is uh, packing in lots of money for the governor's race. David Schaefer is leading the pack for the uh, lieutenant governor's race. Uh, Stacey Abrams has raised $500,000. Casey Cagle raised $2.7 million in two months, outpacing all of his rivals to be governor. You know, there is something to be said for Cagle being from North Georgia, where the governor is, that they've just got this great um, North Georgia mafia, as some of the other Republicans call it, uh, that can fund them some money. Uh, We'll see if he can keep that pace up along with some of the other candidates. It's going to be interesting to watch the fundraising numbers come out for all these folks. When we come back, though, we got to get into the Senate health care plan and how they're stacking the deck against conservatives in Congress. It is 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Yes, there is a great deal of rain out there, um, but it's all in a line from LaGrange to Covington, um, from LaGrange in the southwest to Covington in the northeast. Um, and it's starting to fade out now as the, as the temperature goes down, so or the sun goes down, rather, so... Uh, we will move on. No severe thunderstorm warnings remaining. If you're headed down 75, though, from 675 uh, down towards Griffin, you're going to have rain on the interstate. The Obamacare bill in the Senate, um, it is uh, supposedly they're going to try to pass it. I just don't believe they're going to be able to pass it. I will, I will be surprised if they do. And if they do, let's keep in mind that they're not actually repealing Obamacare. Uh, They are tickling it at best. Uh, They are propping up a Medicaid system that fails to serve poor people. Um, It's just not a good situation. The Ted Cruz plan is still advancing slowly. David Perdue, Johnny Isaacson apparently support the Ted Cruz plan, uh, but liberal Republicans in the Senate do not. They don't want to give Ted Cruz credit. And I'm being told by multiple sources that the... um, that the Senate Republicans are setting up the conservatives to fail. I will tell you what I mean, but first, the National Weather Service has just issued a severe thunderstorm warning for Troop County uh, in west-central Georgia until 7.15 at 6.39 p.m. A severe thunderstorm was located near LaGrange, moving north at 5 miles an hour. There are 60-mile-per-hour wind gusts and quarter-size hail. You can expect there to be vehicular damage if you are in the hail area and wind damage to roofs. Um, be careful if you're out there. Locations impacted right now. LaGrange, Hogansville, Mountville, Harrisonville, Hillcrest, Big Springs, Wares Crossing, and Louise. It is uh, right around uh, I-85 and US-27 there in the LaGrange area headed north. So just be careful out there. Now, um, back to I can multitask tonight on weather and Obamacare. So Senate sources are telling me, and these are staff-level sources, one senator, but uh, mostly staff-level sources. They think that what Mitch McConnell is doing is they're set, is he's setting the conservatives up to fail because the conservatives have made clear that they've got to have Ted Cruz's idea to be able to vote for this Obamacare plan because they're not repealing it. And if they're not repealing it, they want to be able to come as close to repealing it as possible, and Cruz's plan is the only thing on the table that does that. So what McConnell 
McConnell is going to do is say the conservatives have issued this take it or leave it demand. None of us can take it. Therefore, it's the conservatives fault. Ted Cruz yet again causing problems for everyone. Well, you know, on the House side, you've got Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan, among others, also uh, saying that we got to have the Ted Cruz plan if it comes to the House. So McConnell knows that he and his pundit friends out there and editorial page friends at the Wall Street Journal and elsewhere can blame Ted Cruz and the House Freedom Caucus for Obamacare failing, uh, for the measure failing to pass. But what they're missing and what they are intentionally obfuscating is the fact that the plan the Senate Republicans are considering without the Ted Cruz plan or with the Ted Cruz plan will not repeal Obamacare, which has been their signature promise all along. They have lied to us. This is why we have Donald Trump. People are cynical of politics and want to burn it all down. You know, along those regards with Obamacare, David Brooks has a column today in the New York Times that a lot of people have ridiculed because of one paragraph. Let me read you the paragraph that has people mocking David Brooks, uh, intentionally, by the way, missing his point. Here's the paragraph that has people ridiculing him. Recently, I took a friend with only a high school degree to lunch. Insensitively, I led her into a gourmet sandwich shop. Suddenly, I saw her face freeze up as she was confronted with sandwiches named Padrino and Pomodoro and ingredients like Soprasada, Capicola, and, and Striata Baguette. I quickly asked her if she wanted to go somewhere else, and she anxiously nodded yes, and we ate Mexican First of all, I think it's kind of funny that the, the the person with only the high school degree who didn't know the Italian meat names was cool with Mexican. Says just how Americanized Mexican food has become. Now, people are ridiculing uh, David Brooks for this, saying he's pretentious or whatnot, but that was his point. Is that the upper middle income and rich people in this country have now largely set up a system to protect their privileges and their money and deny anyone else access into it, uh, whether it is people blocking school choice, whether it is people regulating the poor out of neighborhoods. I mean, we see this in the Atlanta area, don't we? You have all the young 20-something hipster millennials in their skinny jeans moving into blighted neighborhoods and gentrifying them and raising the cost of living in an area, driving poorer people out. We see that what's happening now where Turner Field is. The cost of living is going to go up down there and people are going to be driven out of that area. I mean, we see this happening all over. We see it with regulations and licensing where uh, you can't compete with the, the rich guy who owns the plumbing franchise because you got to go through all the compliances and licenses to become a plumber. It raises the cost. We see this over and over and over with, with school districts where the rich cluster together and have really good schools and they put up barriers of entry for poorer people having their kids come to the schools. We even see it with Obamacare where rich liberals pat themselves on the back thanking themselves for for creating Obamacare where poor people can be put on Medicaid that no doctor accepts. But hey, you've got Medicaid, so shut up now. We took care of you. Conservatives in this country should spend their intellectual capital on figuring out ways to break down the barriers of entry into the upper middle class. Patent reform is included in there. School choice is included in there. Free market health care reforms are included there. There are a host of things that could be done that aren't being done. They really need to get a move on. They can't just decide that our, our beef is going to be to fight the left. 
They need to actually propose some real reforms, take advantage of the grievances that the lower middle class and the middle class have now against the rich and harness them for good, for conservative reform, for leveling the playing field. You know, even Calvin Coolidge, my favorite president, the one true conservative president we've had said that the role of government is to ensure a, a level playing field. The government should do that. It is conservative to do that. Level the playing field and allow the poor man to become rich and the rich man to become poor. You know, lastly, did you know that it's against the law in most states for your kid to take sunscreen to school? I'm not kidding. The, they consider it an over-the-counter uh, drug like Advil, and so your kids aren't allowed to bring it. States are having to pass laws now. Georgia may be one of the next ones to allow your kid to take sunscreen to school. Ridiculous.